This is King Rick. And this is Queen Unique. And this is where kingdoms are created. Let's get started. So guys, today we have a phenomenal guest on the show, and we're going to let him introduce himself. My name is Rob Kowalski. I'm a Baltimore native. I started a nonprofit called City Fam a few years ago, and I just recently wrote a book called Why Wouldn't We Be Works? How Fast Sex Prevents You from Finding True Love and Long-Term Happiness. I like to refer to myself as a reformed bad boy. I was the biggest male stripper in Baltimore for several years. I was in the phone book. I was the biggest nightclub voter in Baltimore. And I had a radical life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ when I was 27 years old and hit a 180 and lived in a pretty much a completely different way ever since. Now there was actually a couple of years there that, that I backslid, but I started pursuing another way of life when I was 27 years old. And from living at those two extremes, it's taught me some things, and I, I feel like that I really have a very good understanding of sex and the power and why waiting works, hence the name of the book. I feel like I can explain it maybe better than anyone on earth. I, I, I often say to people, I can explain it so practically that people almost can't even debate because it's just, it's that obvious when I explain it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to talk about. Oh, man. So we love talking about that. As people listen to our podcast, you all hear us talk about that all the time. So tell us more about the book. Yeah, so I started when I was 27 years old. I got introduced to God. I really didn't think about him a whole lot. Up until then, I was pretty much just the worst person you could imagine. I, From being a stripper and a nightclub promoter, it was just a very debaucherous lifestyle. My God was pleasure. So I had a lot of sex, a lot of casual sex. When I started down this path of waiting, it was kind of for selfish reasons felt like God had spoke something to me and told me that if I would wait for him, that he would bring my soulmate to me. Amen. I had never been in love, so I was willing to try it. And I didn't think it would be long. I thought I thought it was going to be a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months or something. And it, it turned into six years. But when I started out, I just didn't understand the concept because to me, sex was just like a massage. Feels good, do it. Why we're making each other feel good? Why would we wait? Right. Over time, I really started to get an understanding of why it works. So, just to give everybody a backstory for me, I was absent for six years. I went through this really rough time, transitioning from one lifestyle to another. It was a, it was a very lonely time in my life because I was cutting out a lot of things in my life, cutting out people and things. A lot of my sources for fun were the wrong things. So I was kind of looking for a group to hang out with and plug in with, go to church on Sundays. But outside of that, I really couldn't find a group. I, I had to cut off all my, my party friends because they were headed in the wrong direction. And right. After six years of being a good Christian boy, I have to say, I, I backslid. I just gave myself a little freedom. I, I wanted to be around people again. So I started having a social life, and that's when I kind of broke my six-year streak and ended up having sex with, with a girl one night. And I backslid you know, fairly hard. After that, I rededicated my life in 2011. And I got sober shortly thereafter, a few months later, and I've been abstinent now ever since. I always have to mention when I say that, I did make a mistake with a girl three and a half years ago. That was just a girlfriend, just slipped up one night. But outside of that one night, it's been another six, six and a half year run. And I mention that because I've lived at polar ends of the spectrum when it comes to sex. Like I've had sex with a lot of women, and then I've been abstinent for like two six-year periods over the last 18 years. Oh, wow. And from living at those two ends of the spectrums, I understand, I think better than anybody on earth. I really believe <laughs> that I do. And I can explain it to people. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to do it because it is hard. But I can explain why you should and how it's in your best interest to do so. And it's actually a selfish decision to wait. So, Rob, what do you think is the hardest part about being celibate? The hardest part about being celibate, I would have to say, is the lack of sex. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, for real though. That is the hardest thing, especially once you start. Once you've been having sex, it's very hard to stop having sex. It's mm-hmm. like you get a habit. You get an appetite for it, just definitely. like anything else. It's definitely hard to stop. For me, my boundaries are up so far because I made that mistake three and a half years ago mm-hmm. that I've had to put my boundaries up so far. Like I don't spend time alone with females. I haven't been alone with a girl for three and a half years, and so that means no cuddling, no spooning, no no having a girl over at my house to watch TV with, like nothing for three and a half years. Yeah, because the only way for me, given my past, to maintain this lifestyle is that I had to put my boundaries up very, very far. Right. So that for me has been very difficult because even when you're not having sex, just it's fun, just to cuddle, it's human touch. I don't do it because of what the last thing that happened again three and a half years ago mm-hmm. was it was just a girlfriend and I gave myself a little too much freedom. I, we had never even kissed, we had never even held hands, right. nothing. And we were just hanging out, watching TV, and the next thing you know, we started making out, and I couldn't stop. Once I started, once we went down that road, I, I, I couldn't stop. Right. Neither could she, and we ended up making a mistake. I almost lost a friend. I was on leadership of my church, and I was very outspoken about my stance on the subject. And so for me, that's been the most difficult, is maintaining my boundaries. Definitely. Because... You have to have great boundaries because there's so many people that, that say they want to do thing this, especially in the church world. You know, people that say they're going to wait or whatever, but as soon as they get a boyfriend, they're like out having sex. They're hooking up because it's very difficult to right. actually do it. People have the best intentions, but then if you ain't got good boundaries, you'll end up failing and you'll be just as bad as the person that never even tried. Right. How do you set your boundaries and how do you know if you're pushing toward or pushing the boundaries out of place? I say you have to be very honest with yourself when you set the boundaries because a lot of people want to pretend they can get away with more than they can. Right. So that's actually <laughs> what happened to me first time I backslid was because I had been abstinent for six years. I thought I was stronger than I was. I right. didn't have good boundaries and I, just, I messed up. A month later, I messed up a second time. And once that happened, I was just like everything went out the window. You know, the devil got me and he took friendships and everything the way I even felt about myself took a lot from me so when I rededicated in 2011 I was able to get sober in 2012 I didn't think that that could happen again because I was like all right and I went three years abstinent but then I made that mistake and when that happened that's when I moved my boundaries out further because I'm like this can never happen again I look at it as the equivalent of like being let back in the garden I took the apple again I was like oh, I can't even, couldn't even believe it happened right smarter than that and mm-hmm. thought it crossed my mind with this girl I was like you know we had never even kissed but I thought you know what if we make out or whatever like I'm like that's not really that bad I thought you know I could pull the emergency brake if I had to right and I could not do mm-hmm. it like my flesh just took over when I we talk about boundaries I'm like you have to know yourself I've learned myself <laughs> mistakes we're all eked up we're all so like oh because that's your sex drive is the strongest energy of any human energy out there. Napoleon Hill's thinking you rich. If you can't manage that appetite, if, like if you don't know your boundaries, it's very easy to get sucked into that. You have to just be honest with yourself. I would say get a good accountability partner. Oh, definitely. Matter of fact, before I met my wife, I was celibate. But when we got together, I broke my celibacy. You know, I was like, God, please, God, please give me the right one. And I was just celibate, just doing my thing. I wasn't watching porn. Was it masturbating? Was it even entertaining any thoughts or any lustful thoughts? Then when I got with her, I was like, maybe I could just kiss her. And I just fell right back into the trap. God came to me and he told me, he was like, all right, so I need you to be celibate so y'all can get to the next level in your relationship. And I was like, oh, okay. 
So when I brought it to her attention, you know, she did not understand it at all. I didn't know how to explain it properly enough so she could understand it. And it was a conflict that time period. So we both learned Then she finally became celibate. We both were celibate and we, we messed up maybe a few times, but we maintained the celibacy. Then we got married and on our wedding night, you know, it felt like we was virgins again. It felt like it was the first time, seriously. On that night, it was like we didn't have to hide anymore. And mm -hmm. since then, we haven't felt lust anymore. Even now being married, it's a different type of love. Right. People hear this podcast, are going to be listening. And I just pray that people will really listen and be celibate because we'll have a different world, a different generation of kids growing up. Right. I read your article. The thing about the article was you mentioned something extremely important that sex is not love and the feeling can get in the way and you're like this is love so i want you to break that article down because a lot of people might not get a chance to read it right away i want you to break that one down yeah that's definitely one of the points i made a video on youtube it's got a lot of views right now it's got over a half a million it's called the 10 reasons not to have sex before marriage and one of the reasons is sex connects us so as we call it a soul tie biology it's oxytocin is a chemical that you release during sex now women and men release it at different times Women release it when they have sex. Men release it when they commit. So this is why a man can hit it and quit it easier. And why a woman will get clingy after sex. And this is what I say, when a woman has sex with a man, she's turning control over to that man. He's gonna get attached to that guy, mm -hmm. and then he's gonna be in control now. And guess what he's in control of? The relationship. That's, right. that's what a man and woman bring to the table. Now, I know that's not the question, so I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. Men and women, there's a hormone release during sex called oxytocin that makes people bond together. The more times you have sex, the stronger that bond gets. So I'll give you an example. My first girlfriend, we had sex on the first date. I was not looking for a relationship. I was 20 years old. Mm -hmm. I made that clear to her. But she stuck around and tolerated my crap. She just kept putting up with me and sleeping with me while I was kind of running around doing whatever. And then after a while, she started to grow on me. And I started to feel obligated toward her. I started to feel guilty that I hadn't committed to her. And guess what I did? I made her my girlfriend. I was not in love with her. Five years went by, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm wondering why our relationship isn't working, why I'm looking over my shoulder at other girls, wondering if I can be happy with them. I couldn't because I had a soul tie. I had I connected with this girl that I didn't even know, mm -hmm. outside of the fact that she looked good. That's all I knew when we slept together. And this is what happens now to people because the average amount of dates people go on before they sleep together is three. So you don't even know who that person is. They seem like a nice person. Mm -hmm. That could all be an act because three dates, I can be anybody. You right. know, I can pretend to be anybody to, to get sex. If you sleep together enough times, then you start to get attached to somebody and it could be the wrong person. You could waste oh, your God. life with them. And this is why people end up divorced or unhappily married because they sleep together quickly with somebody that they don't even know and then they get attached to the wrong person. We've all heard before, sex stops after you get married. I was thinking about what you guys said about how you know your wedding night had felt like the first time. And I'm like, you know what? Look, I'm, no one's against sex. I love, I want to have sex. I want to have more sex than everybody in the world. <laughs> I always want to have, I want it to continue because everyone's heard the sex stops after you get married. Well, I want to say, Sherlock, you did it backward. <laughs> you know what? The sex stops after you get married because you had sex early and you married the wrong person. Right. If you marry the right person, you're going to want to continue to have sex with them. If you do it the right way, the mm -hmm. sex starts when you get married. Definitely you starts. Know what I mean? Who yeah. doesn't want that? But the problem is, is we're all so impatient. We right. hate waiting. You know, everybody hates waiting. We hate discipline. I mean, me too. I go to the gym, but I don't like it. 
Uh-huh. But if you think about it, if you think it through, it's a selfish decision because it's going to give mm-hmm. you long-term happiness. Yeah, you're going to pay the price up front mm-hmm. to get the greater reward later. Sometimes I think people think it's crazy, but it's not. There are men that can do that. Christ even stated that. He said, you're supposed to cultivate your wife and love your wife the way that he loves the church. So it's so possible for a man to do that for his wife and for his wife. They need a man to commit to them. They need a man to be honest with them always and to only have eyes for them. Yeah, we need, we need the good men out there to rise up. Yeah, we do. That's what you guys are doing. Amen. We push how important that is, is to focus on that relationship, that key to foundation building, that key to courtship, making sure you know who that person is, and that key to preparation, which is building that self-love, building that contentment, building that validation, building everything that you need so you can go into the relationship full and complete so you won't be a burden in a relationship. So many people want to go into relationships and they want to find somebody just to fix them. Right. They haven't learned to be happy alone. Listen, when mm-hmm. I first started down this path, I was so used to having a girl next to me. It didn't matter who it was. I, I always had a girl. Mm-hmm. And when I, I had to learn how to be happy alone and how to take that energy that I was using to chase the opposite sex, chase girls, and I put it back into myself, which Amen. I'm a big believer in sex transmutation and some, you know, even, even no fat now is the new spin on it. <laughs> you know, basically no masturbation, no looking at porn, no jerking off. You, you take that energy and you put it back in yourself. I tell people, I'm like, when I tell them, you know, not to have sex before marriage, that's the best way to go. People, it sounds extreme and I understand that because mm-hmm. it sounds extreme to me. I reposition it and say this. What if I were to say to you, no sex before love? And mm-hmm. most people can say, well, that makes sense. They can get their heads around that. And then I, what I would say to them is, well, how do you know if you're in love? Right. My answer to that is you're willing to marry that person to have sex with them. Because I'm surrounded by a lot of beautiful women right now, like just in, in my organization, City Fam. And I probably date a few. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. So my heart will deceive me into believing something <laughs> that's not true so that I can give my flesh what it wants. Mm-hmm. Now, so if I was to say to one of my girlfriends, hey, I, I think I love you. Let's let's have sex. And she was to say, OK, Rob, <laughs> I love you, too. Let's go down to the justice of the peace right now real quick and get married first, though. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, let me think about this a little longer. Right. That's right. the point of marriage, because we know it's hard to get out of. So we test our hearts to see if it's telling us the truth. Mm-hmm. People want to say, oh, it's just, it's just a man-made thing and it's just a legal contract. No, look, we know it's hard to get out of. So we test ourselves to see, because I, like I said, I have a lot of pretty girlfriends and I can think to myself, am I willing to sign the contract to have sex with me? And I haven't met a girl yet that I can say yes up to that question. One day though, a girl is going to come along and I'm going to ask myself that question and I'm going to have a big smile on my face and I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I'll sign it and I'll be happy to sign it. And that's how I'll know mm-hmm. because I could get hemmed up with any number of wrong women that I wasn't willing to sign it with and drift into a relationship right. with the wrong person, which is mm-hmm. what happens all the time. Right. Miles Monroe made an analogy saying that it's good, but it's not right. He said he was on the highway before and he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he said, why do you want to get off at this exit? Because he was on his way to the airport. And he said, no, because I'm on the way to the airport. And he said, the exit is good, but it's not right because you need to go to the airport. So that's one of the things I always keep with me, especially with purpose, because I can do a lot of things that's good. But if I have a specific purpose in life, I have to do what's right. God made women to be a helpmate and a man to be a helpmate. We each have a purpose, you Amen. know, and, and that, that person's going to help you fulfill your purpose mm-hmm. and fulfill your destiny. You link up with the wrong person.
person and they're supposed to go to one place and you're supposed to go to a completely different place and then you wonder why it's not working and then neither one of you are deeply fulfilled because you're not living your purpose right and i don't even know if you can get there by yourself <laughs> you probably need that helpmate to help you accomplish your purpose so you it's impossible to experience deep fulfillment if you don't commit to waiting. I make it a second to my real decision to follow Jesus. Waiting to have sex has been the best decision I've ever made because Amen. it's influenced, it's impacted my life in so many other ways. Right. That's amazing because the thing about celibacy is it gives you a clear mind. It renews your mind. And even married people occasionally practice celibacy and not in the sense of actually just being celibate, but as in fasting. Me and my wife, we periodically fast in our relationships. And of course, in that time period, we don't have sex, but we dedicate ourselves to God and we focus. And that's how we got a lot of clear answers. I mean, especially when we was completely lost. I'm on the wrong road. I don't know how, but I'm in Alabama right now, God. I'm trying to get to the airport. This is, I made a mistake, God. And God say, just go ahead and fast and just get a clear understanding. Dedicate your time instead of eating, you know, spend some time with me instead of doing this and doing that, you know, dedicate your time with me. And with that, you just get so much clarity. And also the thing about fasting in a marriage is, is cleaning the marriage bed. Because of course we have temptation, but we have to keep that marriage bed clean. As a man and as a woman in this over-sexual and over-sensual world, everything is after our soul. Everything, every time we turn on TV, it's sex. Every time we look at a commercial, sex. So that's their whole goal is to capture our minds. So we have to be focused, especially so we can be prepared with that fasting it helps us wash ourselves clean ourselves out so that's why i love fasting you know and it's just like being celibate when you're in a relationship and being celibate outside of relationship you get that same clarity from god yeah and that's biblical too you know mm-hmm. I, I know the verses that you refer to where it talks about a mistake for a period of time but not too long as the devil come along and you. <laughs> bash you, know, you over here god what's you know i want to i want to say what's up with me god <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like cruel and unusual punishment but no it's been it's been great for me like back to the, the sex transmutation definitely it's brought me closer to god i've just done so many things especially over the last six years like starting my nonprofit and volunteering more than i ever have read more books than i've ever had i wrote a book i like i've used all that energy and i put it back into myself to become the best version of myself which i i definitely wasn't not that long ago, you know, but when I met the Lord, I was definitely a completely different person than I am today. And a lot of that was, I don't think that I, I, could, I could have ever gotten here had I not made that decision. It's so commonplace even for believers to be out sexually active and, and they don't even have a problem with it, you know, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. The Bible is so clear about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it says, it says that there shouldn't be any sexual immorality amongst you. And it says all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but a person that's in sexually sins against his own body. Put sexual sin in a category all of its own because mm-hmm. it's it's that bad. It's that devastating to your life. When I see believers that are just okay with it, when I was a believer and I was sexually active, I just was quiet. I just did not talk about. <laughs> I didn't talk about God. I, you know, I knew I was living foul, and I mm-hmm. just was like, I ain't saying nothing because I right. just knew I didn't have a witness. David even spoke about this. He was saying, renewing me a new heart, God, because the devil would put something in our precepts, put little ideas. We'll build those ideas into concepts and build those concepts into belief systems. And then we can filter our minds out and be like, oh, sex is okay. God won't mind. We have to go back to the original idea, which is God's original idea of how he set up the whole system. We have to make sure that we're conscious of all our decisions. We're not setting ourselves up for failure. 
you know, we have to continue to read the word, continue to renew our minds, continue to learn and learn and learn because the devil is just waiting on ignorance. That's how he wins the battle. He doesn't win the battle as in there's a battle to be fought. He wins the battle on anything we're ignorant of. So we don't know or we have a wrong concept of that's where he attacks and he say, OK, this is my opportunity. This yeah, is how I'm gonna get him. That's why I try to explain it as practically as possible. Because right. I feel like for most people that are trying to explain it are saying, hey, it's a sin and <laughs> breaking a commandment. Now it is all those things. But mm -hmm. I want to explain why it's in your best interest, whether you're a believer or you're not a believer. Right. How it's going to negatively impact your life if you don't do it. So like one thing I talk about is the physical attraction phase. When you link up with somebody and you don't connect on a deep level, which takes time to figure out, you can't tell. Like this is a scenario I tell the people that everyone can relate to that's listening. Everyone's been in this, this situation a thousand times. Have you ever met somebody, a member of the opposite sex, and if they're they're good looking, they're hot, <laughs> and then you, and then for whatever reason you don't date them, and then after a few weeks you get to know them and you, you look at them and you can see that they're attractive, they, they look the same as they did a few before when you met them, but you go, eh, not for me, because at that point you've broken past the surface level stuff, and now you start to see a deeper thing. Now imagine if that person when you first met them you swiped left right and you went on a date with that person and then mm -hmm. guess what you had sex on that date or on the third date like everybody else is doing and now you're in something complicated with somebody that you should have never been in something complicated with just because you thought they were good looking this mm -hmm. is how people end up unhappily married because we don't pump the brakes and mm -hmm. with every shortcut there's a consequence right everything you can't name one thing where instant gratification produces long-term happiness there isn't one thing in the world that, that it does delayed gratification produces long-term happiness right. whether it's working out whether it's saving money whether it's getting an education it all is delayed gratification it's a concept that god put in place a principle and we try to pretend like sex it doesn't apply when it comes to sex we want to put our hands over our ears and pretend like no 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 that's not true you got to take a car for a test drive that ain't true you take that car for a test drive guess what you get stuck with the wrong car right, right. that's what happens right look at it like buying a mortgage you won't just be like let me just take out a mortgage on this house that i never even looked at exactly you know? and i met somebody that actually took a mortgage out or spent the actual money on a house they never even been in and they took somebody else's word for it. And I'm like, that is not how you live your life. You don't want to live your life keeping it close to the chest. You take a relationship as seriously as you take out a mortgage and not even a car because people are really crazy about cars. They just all over the place. But they're more picky about houses than cars. So I go as far to say it's a 100% chance you get a negative consequence when you have sex with somebody outside of marriage. Right. It might not be an STD. It might not be a pregnancy, but 100% something. Mm -hmm negative comes from it mm -hmm. as surely as eating pizza produces negative calories that's going to go somewhere on your body it's mm -hmm. the same thing i have a friend that says a test drive is once he's like you done took the car and stole it off the lot you know like <laughs> people talk about wanting to take it for a test drive i'm like yeah that's once not and not not, not, <laughs> not condoning that i'm just saying but he says you, you done stole the car off the lot right so i think that's funny but yeah yes yeah, Rob. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. We had an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Of course, we want everybody to know where they can reach you at. So go ahead and give them your information as in your social medias. My website, I got some blogs up, robbkowalski.com. And that's spelled K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I.com. And then that's my social media handles as well. Facebook and Instagram. You can find me at forward slash Rob Kowalski. If you want to pick up a copy of the book, it's on Amazon. Or you can go to the website and it's whywaitingworks.com. Oh, 
Yeah, that's amazing. So this is King Rick. And this is Queen Unique. And this is where Kingdoms are created. Thanks, guys. <laughs>